and we long to dwell and live in the glory of God and sense the presence of the Almighty Father among us and in us and around us, Father. We thank you, Father. All things come through the power of your Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Father, that would include a healing for, the, for our bodies, power and deliverance, Father. We thank you for these things, Father. We give you praise and honor for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Does the Lord provide the glory of God to his people? You know, the uh, Bible tells us that the glory of God is the, is the presence of the Holy Spirit. You see that in Romans chapter 6. Uh, and so that means that everywhere we go, we carry the glory of God with us, which is a pretty good deal, right? And so, so we thank the Lord for, uh, for providing for us. Amen? Amen. And so let's open up our Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll continue there today. So uh, in our discussion here, we're looking at uh, Old Testament types uh, and how they relate to Jesus as fulfilling those types. Uh, and the thing that always amazed me is how the Lord had the foresight. Of course, he's the Lord, right? He sees the beginning from the end uh, as easily as we see the now. Uh, and so, uh, but he, when he was writing the law, and he was writing the law and dictating it to Moses, he incorporated a lot of things in the law that, you know, looking back now, he was setting the devil up and setting up the world to uh, sneak in uh, the ability for him as the Messiah to fulfill all of his laws and, first of all, prove that he is the Messiah, but also uh, that, that there was a way out, you know. And so uh, the, whole, the whole concept, we started talking about the Passover lamb. Uh, and, you know, you... Uh, it all makes sense. We've seen the, the, the movie with Charlton Heston a hundred times, and so we've seen, we understand that that was done. But, you know, if you, if you take a step back, uh, that was still really odd, right? They took blood and put it on doorposts and lentils, and, uh, and uh, they had to eat the, the, the uh, sacrificed lamb and, and all of these things. And you think, well, it makes sense, but, I mean, it was a really odd thing for them to do. Uh, and so... But it was odd because the whole thing was a setup. So when the Lord Jesus came, he did the exact same thing except for as himself and not as a, a, a substitute like a lamb. And so uh, I just, uh, I'm always amazed in studying the plan of redemption, how the Lord had put and laid down in, in the law uh, much of the redemption that we see today. Uh, and the thing is that the whole Jewish nation missed it for the most part, you know. It's been there forever. And Jesus came to fulfill all those things. And, and still, you know, of course, I'm not mad at any Jews. And, you know, they're really part of our heritage. Uh, but I'm amazed that there's any Jewish people left on the earth. You know, how they're not all Christians. Amen. Uh, we don't want to destroy them. We want, we want to uh, partner with them. Amen. As children of the Most High God. Uh, because they're children by birth. You know, we're children by adoption. Uh, and so they have a right to, to the new birth. Uh, if they would accept the Lord Jesus, you know, we have a right because of the kindness of the Lord has expanded the adoption out to not just the physical children of Abraham, but also to the faith children of Abraham. And so we're thankful for that. Uh, and so uh, here in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, uh, we had read this last week, but I thought we would start there because we're nearly done with this section. And so it'd be good to go back and, and just read a couple things here. Uh, 
Uh, it says in verse, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that, that you may be a new lump, uh, and as you are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Uh, and so, so the, the Passover lamb that they killed and shed the blood of and marked their dwelling place as, as being protected by the blood of the Passover. Now we are, we are that home, right? We are the temple of the Holy Ghost and uh, the blood of Jesus is the blood of this lamb and we have been washed in that blood. Uh, and so if you think about what was the purpose of the blood, the purpose of the blood was to mark the dwelling place so that when the angel of death, not, it didn't come from the Lord, it came from the enemy of mankind, but when the angel of death came, he would see that mark and, and he would avoid that house. Uh, and, and so if we are that house and Jesus is our Passover, then we are marked with his blood. And we talked uh, last week about 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and 1 Corinthians chapter 4 about how we are uh, sealed by the Holy Ghost, which part of it means to be marked by the Holy Ghost. Uh, and so, and th so that's just the same thing, the same concept that we are marked uh, so that when the angel of death tries to bring uh, death and destruction into our lives, he should bypass the Christians because we're marked uh, for uh, protection uh, and we're marked as, as not being qualified to, uh, to be killed like they were uh, in the book of Exodus uh, for the enemy, right, where the enemy was killed. Uh, the, the people of God were passed over because of the blood of that lamb. Well, we are that dwelling place, right? We've been marked with that blood. And so, I mean, that alone should tell you that, that sickness is not part of our, uh, of our life or shouldn't be part of our life because we're marked, right? The, the, uh, the angel of, I don't know if there's an angel or really it's a demonic spirit of uh, tuberculosis or cancer comes by he should see your house as marked as being owned by God. And, oh, well, we're going to bypass that one. But, uh, but uh, uh, you know, the angel will go by, uh, the, the, the death angel will go by, and a lot of Christians will open up the door. Oh, you missed me. Come on in. You know, and so sorry you walked by there. You almost missed me. Come on in. And they'll, they'll invite him in uh, by their words, right? Yeah, I'm always the first one to get cancer. Well, it runs in my family. Well, you know, uh, you got to go somehow. Uh, and... and <laughs> The angel's like, well, you know, I'm not really supposed to come in, but, you know, since you have invited me in, you know, I can come in, right? Because the, the, the Lord said, keep the door shut. Yeah. Don't open it at all, right? As the Passover is going by, don't open the door and peek out, amen? Uh, and so he left specific instructions. Well, we're the ones who are supposed to follow those instructions, amen? It wasn't about just the, the, that one event in the, in the nation of Israel. It's the, our life is supposed to never open the door for the, de for the devil and let him come in, and yet... Many Christians do that, right? Uh, and so, in fact, we'll look at uh, part of it here in just a minute. Uh, it says, in, in the law uh, for the Passover, not one bone could be broken. So in, in, in Numbers uh, uh, 9, 12, it says, they shall leave none of it until the morning, nor break any bone of it. Uh, according to all the ordinances of the Passover, they shall keep it. Uh, and of course, uh, we know that uh, not one of Jesus' bones were broken. In fact, uh, the, uh, when Jesus was on the cross, if you remember, he was there for just a few hours, uh, and the, uh, the Jews came to Pilate and said, hey, it's, it's getting, uh, we're about to start Passover, and so uh, we need them off the cross because we don't want anybody hanging on the cross during Passover because it was considered a curse, right, for anybody hung, hanging on a tree. 
And so what the, what the soldiers would normally do, because it's a, they crucify people all the time, and any time that, that crucifixion was going to cross over into a Jewish uh, holiday, uh, in order to speed up the death process, they would go and break the legs uh, of the people being crucified because, you know, they're on a, uh, hanging on the cross and they're, you know, uh, even though their feet are, are nailed to the cross, they could still, with great agony, push off, off that, you know, off that uh, nail between their feet or on their, through their feet and breathe, right? Because when they would, when they would sink down low, all the, it's a ter- terrible uh, death but uh, the more they sunk down lower, the harder it was to breathe, right? And, and so, so that what they do is they break their legs so they couldn't do that, so they basically would suffocate uh, on the cross. Uh, and so they went out to remember to Jesus and said, well, he's already dead, no need to break his legs, right? And so they didn't break his legs like they normally would do. Uh, and so, uh, and um, uh, in fact, it says, uh, uh, <clears throat> we, well, we read that in John, in 19, John 19, 36, for these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. Uh, and so, uh, in fact, uh, I think we were talking about it uh, with Brother Tony, that uh, how it says that uh, during the communion, it says, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Uh, and so it sounds odd because it says, you know, in John 19, that no bone was broken and it was prophesied that no bone was allowed to be broken. And yet he said it. Well, I went back and looked at it. Uh, there, of the four Gospels, three of them record the, the Last Supper, right, where the communion was taken. Uh, that phrase is not in there. Take heed, this is my body which is broken for you. It's actually only found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and see that. And so, uh, you know, look at, well, I'm going to look that up and just see because I'm going to answer Tony, right? I'm going I'm to know everything and you look it up. It's like, well, it's not there. So now we're confused, right? Actually, we're not really confused. But, uh, but uh, he says here, uh, this is uh, in verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night uh, in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do it in remembrance of me. Well, if you go back and look in the Gospels, that phrase, take, eat, this is my body, is there, but the next part, which is broken for you, is not there. But, so where did Paul get it? Well, he tells us where he got it. It says, For I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you. So the Lord uh, filled in some details uh, of what additional words that he said during the actual Passover meal there in the gospel. So he said it, but the, but the three gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, didn't record that particular phrase, but uh, Paul did. So it's interesting that, that uh, Paul added that phrase in there. Uh, and so, uh, but then if you look up the word broken, uh, what you find out is the word, this particular word broken is never used in connection with like breaking a leg or breaking a limb, uh, it's always used in connection with the breaking of bread. Uh, and so it doesn't, it doesn't mean to be destroyed or broken like, a, like, an, like an ankle or something. It means to, be, to uh, break off into pieces like you would do to distribute uh, this bread to multiple people. And so what, what did Jesus do? Well, he distributed himself to multiple people. And so when we receive communion, we receive little pieces of bread that's already pre-broken for us. But it was just intended so that uh, normally, you know, back in the day, it would just send a loaf around. And some churches still do that, right? They just send a loaf and you just take a piece off of that loaf for you. Uh, and so that's, that's what it means in 1 Corinthians. This particular word broken does not mean to, to break like a limb uh, or to break a leg. Like they tell you, you know, if you're in show business, right, break a leg. And it's like, but that's really odd. You know, why, do you really want me to do that? Uh, and so, 
So that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about really distribution uh, for the benefit of many people. Uh, and that's what Jesus did, right? We break off a piece of him uh, and we consume that to remind ourselves uh, that what he did for everybody, not just for one individual. Uh, and so that answers our question, I believe, anyway. So if you have more questions, then you can ask Ms. Chris. She'll, get, she'll answer all the hard questions. Uh, and so, <clears throat> uh, so you know, we're, we're thankful for that. Um, in fact, uh, we're going to, we're going to talk about this a little bit more on Sunday mornings, but um, well, well, we'll just we'll just leave that for Sunday morning. The rest of the discussion in there, First Corinthians chapter eleven. Uh, so uh, we're thankful that you know the whole the whole details uh, of the Passover event from the old covenant was really a setup so that Jesus could do the same thing except for all humanity, right? He could mark all of humanity if they would receive him, right? If they would follow the instructions. Uh, to, to do that, right? And so, um, and, and I don't know, um, uh, even in the Old Covenant, you know, if you, didn't, well, if you didn't do these things or follow the instructions correctly, then you were subject to death. Even if you were a, an Israelite, if you didn't put the blood on the doorpost, you were subject to death. Uh, and it's the same thing today in, in our society that if you don't accept the Lord Jesus, doesn't matter if you do good, doesn't matter if you come from the right family or d- attend church, if you've not received the Lord Jesus and his work for you, then, then you're still subject to death, spiritual death, right? Uh, and so the death that, that uh, you know, although it was natural death in the Old Covenant, it really am, uh, is a type and a shadow for the spiritual death that all of humanity will suffer if they don't uh, accept the Lord Jesus. So we're thankful for these things. And so we're thankful that Jesus uh, was our Passover sacrifice. Uh, and so really in that then, um, and we, we mentioned this before, it's not necessary for the church to go through the whole process of eating the bitter herbs and all of those things because uh, the bitterness was there to remind themselves of the death that was occurring in that moment in time. Uh, well, that was done at the cross, and so we don't live in that death now. We live in the life of the Lord Jesus now, so we don't have to remind ourselves of that death. Uh, we're just thankful for the life that we get to live now. And so Jesus changed things because... Uh, he doesn't want us to remember all the agony of everything. He wants us to, to, to recognize that we get to live a life of joy and peace today. Amen? Uh, and so, and that really finishes up the, the second, re- uh, second reason, right? That we're going through uh, several reasons why um, these things belong to us, why the, uh, uh, the healing is part of the atonement. Uh, and so, uh, so now we have questions, right? Uh, and so, uh, if we've got questions, that means we have to have answers. Amen. Uh, and so, um, uh, and so this one we actually uh, have ten questions here. So we'll go to this, and then we'll start. We should have time to start the next section there uh, in our book there. But question number one says, "How often do people who do not believe in healing give sound biblical proof of their belief?" Well, never, right? They never have. They never have sound biblical proof, right? They have uh, antidotes, right? Well, well, uh, they died, right? Well, that person died. Well, that person said they believe in healing, and they died, and that person was really good, and they died. Uh, and so they don't have any doctrine. They'll, they'll pill up, pick out some obscure verses and twist it and, uh, and, and force it into a doctrine of unbelief that it never was intended to, to be that. Uh, and so... Because, uh, you know, I'm always open-minded in, in the sense of, look, if you've got some, some valid reasons, and, you know, in fact, I told you uh, before many times that uh, when we started healing school, uh, 
you know, for me personally, when I, when I got born again, I, I was born again in the charismatic church, in a Bible-believing church. And so I, I didn't know that you weren't supposed to believe these things. When they said God heals, I just assumed, okay, well, I'm supposed to believe that God heals. I wasn't told you weren't supposed to believe that. I wasn't told that, well, sometimes, you know, uh, according to the will of God, you're healed. I was just told that God heals. Uh, and so, so I'm thankful that I didn't have to unlearn any doctrine when I got saved, uh, unlike uh, people, and it's not just denominational people. Many of the Pentecostal people were told for years that, you know, if it's God's will, he'll heal you. Uh, and so at least that you've got some hope there, not much hope, but you've got some hope. And then there are plenty of people, you know, God's not, God's not involved in the healing business today that, that came to an end. Uh, and so uh, when we started uh, healing school, I called a friend of mine who, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I said he goes to the first church of doubt and unbelief because they just don't believe in healing at all. And I said, so, so tell me why you don't believe in healing. Because to me, it's odd that, that you don't, right? How can you not believe in healing? But plenty of people don't. So tell me why you don't. And he said, well, you know, and he, and he said this and that. And, and it was all just, well, because of experiences and because uh, really what they've done is they've looked out at, at experiences and say, well, there's sick people. So therefore, God doesn't heal. So let's make this verse. And typically they, they pull out First uh, Corinthians 13 or something like that. Um, and they say when the, when the perfect comes, then God's going to do away with all these miracles. Uh, and, uh, or they'll say when the last apostle died that the miracles came to an end, which, again, there's no Bible for that, right? That there's no scripture says, you know, when the last apostle dies, the healings come to an end. They just looked at around them, around their own lives, around their own church members, and said, well, there's no healing, so when did that come to an end? Well, uh, it probably came to an end when the last apostle died. They're just making it up, right? They don't know, because were they there when, when the last apostle died? I think the, uh, the records say that, uh, maybe, I think it was John the Baptist was the last, not John the Baptist, but uh, the apostle John was the last apostle that died, last apostle of the Lamb. And so they don't even distinguish that, right? Because they say the last apostle, well, he was the last apostle of the Lamb to die, but he was not the last apostle, right? There's at least 24, 25 unnamed or named apostles in the Bible, right? In the New Testament, but, uh, primarily in the book of Acts. Uh, and so that wasn't the only list of apostles that we see in the scriptures. There were other apostles. Well, if there were other apostles past the apostles of the Lamb, then wouldn't there be apostles today? Well, there are apostles today, just like there were. Now, they're not apostles of the Lamb today, right? Uh, and we're not going to go into the four categories of apostles. Uh, but the, um, the, last, the last category of apostles are the apostles uh, of the church. And they're still in the church today because Ephesians 4.11 tells us they're in the church today. Ephesians 4.12 tells us why they need to be here and how long they need to be here. We've not met those requirements, so they're still necessary, it's still necessary for them to be here. Uh, and so there's really no, uh, uh, when I was talking to my friend, he didn't have any biblical basis for their faith. It was all experience and, uh, and just their own thoughts about well, since there's sickness today, God must not heal. Because if God did heal, nobody would ever be sick. Well, if, well then, then there are no people who could be saved today. Because there are plenty of people who are not saved. And so if there are people who are not saved today, then God must not want to get people, God must not want people to be saved. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but how are people saved? When they choose to accept them. How are people healed? When they choose to believe. Uh, it's pretty simple, Amen. Uh, it's not hard to understand, uh, and it's not, it's not even, uh, we're not trying to say, well, if you just had more faith, brother, 
uh, and we're not trying to be anybody's judge. There, there are, we see from the scriptures, many reasons why people are sick, uh, one of them being that they may choose not to believe. Uh, but the thing we can guarantee is if you do believe, you will be healed. Uh, and even people today, you know, I talk to people, well, I, you know, I've, I've been believing, but it hasn't happened. And, and so, you know, I'm, again, I'm not anybody's judge, uh, but if you're telling me that you're believing and it's not happening, oftentimes the, the, the tone that you hear when they say that is uh, that they don't expect it to come. Right? They, they're hoping it would come, but it hasn't come. And, and so they're a little despondent about it. You've got to get to the point where, where your faith is, if it takes me 100 years to get healed, I'm going to get healed. That's the attitude you, you kind of have to have. And if your attitude is, well, I tried it and it just hasn't worked yet, that's, that's, that's not really the, where the faith that you need to have is, right? The faith you need to have is, it doesn't matter if it comes in a second, in an hour, in a day, a year, I'm going to get healed, yes. period. Not I'm hoping to get healed, I will be healed. Uh, and, and the more gumption that you have like that, the, the, what you'll find is the faster that it comes and, and the more consistent that it comes. Uh, and so uh, it, it's, uh, uh, there's a gumption of that, and it, it's hard to, to deal with folks like that because your heart goes up for them. You know, uh, they know the scriptures. They mentally know the scriptures, uh, but they've never really applied sure enough faith for that, right? Faith that it doesn't, take, it doesn't matter how long, I'm getting it. Now, I hope to get it. I'm getting it. Uh, that, that's the gumption that you have to have when it comes to any kind of faith because the devil will fight you for, for it, you know, and, and his goal is to defeat your faith. His goal is to, is to get, trying to get you to a point where, yeah, you, you've appeared to have faith, but, uh, uh, you know, remember, remember when the, the seven sons of Siva there in the, in, uh, in the book of Acts, uh, they said that we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Uh, and, of course, we're not trying to, condemn people saying well you're like them but just saying that they said the words they went through the process they used G, the name of jesus nothing happened uh, and so uh you have to you have to examine your own heart i can't examine your heart for you uh, but you have to examine your heart and ask a question do i believe if it ne- if it never comes in that recent regards right it will come but your attitude has to be if it never comes i'm the, i'm never going to stop believing and you've got to be aggressive about it, not just, you know, I believe I'm healed, you know, it's, I'll probably get it one of these days, you know. And there's no, there's no, you know, there's no, atti- you've got to have attitude with it. You know what I'm talking about? Attitude with it, right? I'm, he- I'm the healed of God. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I, I, get at- I get an attitude about it, you know. Uh, you know, just the other night I was telling Chris, I woke up, I'd gone to bed, and, and I had a, a, an unusual pain in my, in my uh, right side of, of my face there, uh, around my eye and just below my eye and didn't think anything about it because it doesn't I'm not afraid right people a lot of times some some new things happen oh you know I wonder if it's brain cancer well it could be Tuesday right you know it could be anything right uh, most people go straight to you know cancer I'm dying right I'm probably dead already don't even know it uh, and dead man walking uh, and that's what a lot of people they straight go to the worst scenario right I go to it doesn't matter what it is it's gonna gonna be fine amen but I woke up in the middle of the night, and my, uh, my right eye was just uh, in agonizing pain. Uh, and I don't know what it was. You know, does it matter? You know, sometimes uh, it doesn't. Well, for me, for me personally, it never matters, right? Whatever it is, it's got to go. Now, if it doesn't go, I might go to the doctor and get some more information. But I only go to the doctor to get information. I don't go, you know, to, uh, because I'm, I'm a failure. 
I go to get more information. I go to find out, you know, because they may say, well, you, you're, it's, this is the symptom, but the cause is something completely different. It's like, okay, well, that gives me more information, so now I can go back and, and deal with the cause. Uh, and so, but in that case, I had, a, had just had an unction, just lay my own hands on my own eye. Well, I, you know, I can do that. Uh, and so I laid, you know, I don't even know what time it was. I didn't look at the clock. Brother Hagen, I was said, watch and pray, but, uh, you know, I prayed, but I didn't watch and see what time it was. And so, uh, but it was, it, it was late. Uh, and so, um, but I laid hands, and when I laid hands on it, you know, there was a strong anointing, you know, uh, uh, there. And so I just command, you got to go in Jesus' name. And we just in a minute, it just faded away. I went back to sleep, woke up, no pain at all. Uh, and, and stuff like that. You know, the devil will try to attack you to, to defeat your faith. But I'm not having it. You know, I tell my body all the time, you have, to, you, you have to be healthy all the days of my life because I've got work to do. I don't have time to lay in bed uh, and, and be sick for years on end. I've got stuff to do. Uh, and, and you just have to have an attitude like that and, and never give it up. Just never give it up. Amen? Amen. Uh, you've got to be that way with anything, that the, especially dealing with other people. You know, they're, they're one, one of the... Um, uh, one of the attributes of God is he's long-suffering. Amen? Uh, and, and we need to have that same attitude. In dealing with other people, you will suffer long in prayer for them uh, because it may take other people years, sometimes years, to line themselves up with the will of God. And you're the only, you're the only reason they're still alive. Uh, and so you have to be willing to, no matter what it takes, no matter if they step back and, and take five steps back, they will come around. Amen? Because my faith is that you have to have that attitude. That it doesn't matter that they're not lined up today. It doesn't matter if they take three steps back today. Five, a hundred steps. It doesn't matter. Uh, Lord, they're coming. You put me in their life. And you didn't put me in their life for failure. You put me in their life for success. Amen? Uh, and so there's just an attitude that we have to have that a lot of church, uh, they just don't seem to have it sometimes, right? They just seem to be like, well, you know, I tried and just, you know, it's just so hard and you know, uh, for me, it's it just, if I have to take medicine in order to, to uh, be able to function uh, in faith, to, to stand in faith for the thing, to, I, I don't have any problem doing that. Uh, I don't take, I mean, I, I think I took, a, uh, I, took an, I did take an ibuprofen uh, a few months back. I had some uh, dental work done, and they said to, to keep the swelling down, take this, and so I said, okay, fine. Uh, uh, and so... But uh, it, it, to me, it's not. It, it's the goal is to get healed, amen. Uh, and you should, if you got to go to the doctor, don't ever condemn yourself. If you have to take the medicine, don't ever condemn yourself. You get healed, amen. And you you add your faith to whatever the doctor says. It's not either or. It's not like, well, I can either have faith or I have to go to the doctor. It should never be an either or for any child of God. It should be faith and anything else. Faith plus anything else. It's never anything else or faith. It's faith and anything else. Amen? Uh, and so, because the devil loves to beat you up. Oh, look at you, oh, spiritual one. You know, you're having to go to the doctor. And oh, look at you, oh, spiritual. Shut up. I'm going to the doctor, you know. Uh, and I'm going to believe God when I go. I'm going to believe God when I leave. Uh, and so believe God. Amen? Uh, and so it's just, uh, there's just an attitude we see oftentimes, that I see oftentimes missing in the church of, of take no prisoners attitude. In faith, that's the attitude you need to have. That uh, that uh, I will win, and you all sicknesses will lose. You can lose today, or you can lose tomorrow, but you're going to lose. Amen. 
Uh, and I don't say that because, uh, you know, I just say that just to, to strengthen my resolve that I'm never giving up. Uh, and so, so that's a long answer to, to question number one. Uh, but, uh, you know, for, for me, it just, uh, you know, who cares what we observe, right? Who cares the experiences that, that people have? That, to me, does not define the Word of God. It does not define the doctrine of heaven. Uh, you know, terrible things happen to people, and it, and it, it breaks your heart to see people suffer sometimes. Uh, and, and it hurts you to see them, uh, knowing that God's best uh, could be uh, added to their life and get out of that. And yet, for some reason, for many reasons, uh, oftentimes, people never seem to be able to achieve God's best in their life. And they die young, or they die a horrible death, or, they, or some terrible tragedy happens in their life. And yes, it's unfortunate. But that does not uh, define the doctrine of the Word of God. Amen? And you cannot use people's experiences to either approve or disprove the Word of God. And people do it every day, right? The church does it every day. Uh, and uh, people who just, usually it's the, the loud people, the people who, who don't want to believe God for anything anyway, will, will, will say, yeah, but what about this person? What about that person? Mm-hmm. Terrible. It's awful. doesn't have anything to do with anything, right? Uh, and so we can have compassion and, and kindness and, and even... Uh, weep for those that, uh, that suffer in, the, in, in these things, uh, knowing that uh, uh, there is a better way. Amen. Uh, but we never disparage anybody who suffers and even dies, right? We don't, well, you know, they just, they just never could find faith until they died early, right? And, uh, and so, you know, I do know that uh, oftentimes people will suffer under sicknesses for a long time, long periods of time, and it does wear you down. And some people, after a while, say, I'd rather go home than, than, than fight this fight. You know, if they fought it, they could get through it. I believe they could get through it by faith. Uh, but sometimes it's, it's just difficult, right? The agony and the pain and discomfort. And oftentimes they have to do it by themselves uh, with no support group. Uh, and so, um, but they could come to church and get support, right? We support, support people in, in a sense of encouraging their faith. Uh, so uh, in Isaiah 53, in the King James, it says, what would be a more accurate translation uh, in Isaiah 53, 4? What would be a more accurate translation of the word griefs? Uh, and uh, uh, it's uh, griefs is sicknesses, right? It's the Hebrew word for sicknesses, more often translated sicknesses than griefs. What's griefs anyway, right? Other than uh, Charlie Brown saying. Um, uh, n- number, uh, number three is in Isaiah, also Isaiah 53, 4. What would be a more accurate translation from the King James of the word sorrows? Pains, right? I, you know, I like that the Lord added that, pains. Because pains are kind of an indeterminate thing, right? It's not, you know, it's not like cancer, right, which is a sickness, or blood disease, which is a sickness, or, you know, something else. Uh, it's just pain, right? Well, what is that? Well, we don't know, right? It's like I, just the other day, you know, I had pain in my eye. Well, what was the cause of that? I don't know. You know, it could have been nothing, right? It didn't matter what it was. Uh, it was just a pain. Uh, and, and people will, will oftentimes will accept that, well, with old age comes pain. That, I would never accept that. I'm not accepting that. I've ever even had people tell me, well, you wait till you get old, you will have all these pains. I'm, I'm going to fight it all the days of my life, amen? And I'll walk in, I'll walk in the glory, Amen. I'm not going to wheelchair into glory. I'm going to walk into glory. Uh, and so, I mean, you can go however you want to. None, none of my business, right? Uh, but uh, don't put it on me. Amen? 
Uh, now, I'm not afraid, oh, you, know, you just want to get old. Oh, it's not going to happen to me. You know, I put a hex. You say whatever you want, it's not going to happen. My faith is my faith. Amen. Amen. Your doubt is not going to override my faith uh, for my life. Amen. Now, your doubt can override my faith for your life, but your doubt can't override my faith for my life. Uh, and so I don't mean you in particular. I mean you know, people who say those things. Amen. Uh, and so uh, question number four is how did Jesus heal people? That's kind of a loaded question there, right? Well, what's that? It's yeah, it's a loaded question there, right? Well, he laid on his hands. Yeah, really, what power did Jesus use to heal people, right? Uh, it was the, uh, what's that? It was, the, it was the, well, it was the power of the Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit was with him everywhere he went. Uh, and I think we had talked a lot about uh, John chapter 5, where he says in more than one place, uh, how the, I can of mine own self do nothing which I always think is an amazing statement that the Son of God said those words, right? That God himself said that he can of himself do nothing. Uh, and, and that, of course, then to, to answer, well, why did he say that? You have to read the entire New Testament, right? Uh, and find out that he laid all of his, self, his power and ability aside, came to the earth as a child, as a regular child, right? Uh, made like Adam. Uh, in fact, he was called the last Adam, the second man, the last Adam. Uh, and so... Uh, he, everything he did, he did by the, by the Spirit of God. Uh, and so if we know the answer to that question, then we start to know the answer to the other questions, right? Uh, how did Peter heal people in the book of Acts? The power of the Holy Spirit, by the authority of the name of Jesus, right? Uh, when, you, when you declare the name of Jesus, what power goes into effect? The Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit is released, amen, to do the work that the name of Jesus has declared will be so. Uh, and so, uh, uh, how did Paul heal people in the book of Acts? Powerless. Okay, you got the first two, right? I mean, so we got, if, you, if, you don't, if you get the last one wrong, then we got to uh, give me your tests, right? And send you back to, to remedial school. Uh, the answer to all three of them is everybody healed everybody only by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? They didn't do it by their own power. Nobody had any inherent ability to heal anybody, including Jesus, uh, everybody that did any healing that we see in, in the Gospels or the book of Acts did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, question number seven is, uh, technically speaking, should the plural word stripes in Isaiah 53 and 1 Peter 2.24 be translated as singular stripe or plural stripes? Singular. Do we remember that dis discussion there about what the Dr. McCrossan had pulled out from the Greek and how that uh, the Greek word uh, stripes would have been would have been used plural because the Greek has plural and singular values just like we do, uh, and so from the Greek's perspective, if it's plural, you have to be able to distinguish between each thing, right? So if you see, you know, uh, there, there's, uh, you know, uh, children versus a child, then it's because you can distinguish between children. Uh, and so this, it would have been used stripes. If he'd gotten three stripes, then you'd have been able to count three stripes. Oh, there, yeah, there's one, there's two, there's three. But when it gets so many and you can't distinguish them, then a singular word is used stripe to indicate that there was no distinction. It was so bad that there was no distinction between each individual stripes. And so uh, in the Greek, then the, the actual word is singular there, that by his stripe, uh, or really another word for that is by his bruise, uh, you were healed. And so, uh, and, and of course, uh, I thought that was an interesting discussion there. I hadn't really seen that before. Uh, and, and it just shows us 
the agony that Jesus chose to allow himself to endure for our benefit. Amen. Uh, and so uh, question number eight says, uh, when we were bought with a price in 1 Corinthians 6.20, was this a one-time completed action in the past or an ongoing action even today? Uh, this one was a one-time and no further action is needed, right? Uh, in fact, if you care, this is the aorist verb tense, uh, which I have no idea what those words just mean, what I've just said, right? Uh, and so, uh, just like when Chris tells me to go do something, I have no idea what you just said, right? She'll, go, she'll say something like, uh, uh, there's something cooking in the, in the oven, go see if it's done. And I'm like, what, I don't, what's that mean? You open it up and you see it, but I don't know what that means, right? What is, is, how do you know, right? And she's like, well, it should be obvious. Well, to you, it's not, you know, it's not obvious to me, right? And so you're saying words, right? I'm said, you know, it's the aorist verb tense. I just said words, but what do those mean? Well, I have no idea what that means, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, she, uh, she, she thinks it just should be obvious, you know. Well, you've got, you know, a thousand years of education. How can you not know? It's revelation. I don't have that revelation, you know. It, it's, it's supernatural. You open up the door and somehow supernatural, you can look at it and go, yeah, it's done. I mean, he can't tell. How do you tell, right? I don't know. Uh, and so uh, it, it's, uh, now see, it's the same thing if I told her, well, go do this thing on the computer. She'll still look at me like a cow at a new gate. What, what, what's that mean? Right? What, what, how do I do that, right? Would you do it, right? It should be obvious. And so, I mean, I know how she feels. She knows how I feel, right, sometimes. So, uh, so uh, like I said at the beginning of the, this uh, book, it's not necessary for you to know those phrases that it, this is the aorist verb tense because in order for you to know that, you'd have to know all the verb tenses in, because they have special names uh, in the Greek language. Each verb tense has, has a special name and you'd have to be a regular reader of, of the Greek language and a regular studier of the Greek language, right? And understand all the verbs. We, we're not gonna, no one in here is going to do that, right? We're thankful that someone like Dr. McCrossan did do that for us so that he can boil it down and explain, well, okay, yeah, you said that, but what does that mean? And then he tells us what that means. In this case, it means it's a one-time action not to be repeated. Okay, well, that, that, I understand that, amen? So when he said we were bought with a price, it was a one-time transaction never, uh, never to be repeated, amen? Uh, and, so, and so we're thankful for that. Uh, and then uh, question number nine says, in the law of the leper in Leviticus 14, uh, you remember there was, a, uh, there, there was a, two birds that were uh, referenced in the law. One was to be killed and one was to, to be let go. Uh, wh who did the bird that was killed represent? It represented Jesus. Now, you know, in our discussion earlier, we said that Dr. McCrossin said that the bird that was let go was also Jesus. I, I tend to think that that was really the bird that we were, we're represented by, by that bird there. But I'm, I'm fine with his, with his type and shadow of that as well. Uh, and then in the Passover lamb, uh, who is the Passover lamb a, a, lamb a type of? Uh, it, it represents the Lord Jesus himself, right? Uh, and so when we say that, right, types and shadows, you've heard that phrase before, right? Uh, all, all it means is it's sort of like an, an allegory where, yeah, it's a story of a lamb that's being killed, but it really represents Jesus, right? So it's a type of Jesus. So that's why we say that phrase, it, it represents Jesus, or uh, even though it's, it has meaning in and of itself that, yeah, it's a real lamb and it was really killed in the Old Testament, but these things are written as a type for us, right? That that represents Jesus. So that's what we would say, uh, what is it a type of or who does it represent? 
uh, from an, an allegory standpoint or a story like a parable, right? Where it's, you have the story here, but it really is talking about something else, amen? Uh, and so, and so that's, that's our, our three questions there, or 10 questions there. And so we're on to, uh, uh, to the next reason here about sickness uh, uh, and, um, uh, and uh, let me go back up here just real quick and look at, uh, yeah, forwards to the top there. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Okay. All right, so uh, we're looking at the, the third reason here about uh, the atonement being part uh, or the healing being part of the atonement. Uh, and so uh, then he's looking specifically at sickness. So uh, he, uh, the, the title of this division is Sickness is the Result of Satan's Work. Uh, and so, of course, we know that to be true, but it doesn't matter if you just know that to be true. You really need to know that the scriptures prove it to be true. Amen? Uh, because uh, people will tell you uh, that healing is not for today, and as far as they're concerned, that's true. That's a true statement. So it doesn't matter what you say that you, you believe to be a true statement. Do you have the Bible to back that up? Amen? Uh, and so let's start here in Acts 10.38. Acts, you know, to me, Acts 10.38 is really a great verse because it's a good summary of so much information. Uh, and, um, uh, and so uh, Acts 10.38 is in the middle, uh, if you look at the story of, of Acts chapter 10, uh, Acts chapter 10 was the story of Peter when he went to Cornelius' house. Uh, and if you remember in, in Acts chapter uh, uh well, in also in Acts chapter 10, earlier in Acts chapter 10, uh, Peter was, uh, was at home, they're getting ready to eat, uh, and he fell into a trance, and he had a vision from the Lord. He saw a great sheet come down that, that talked about uh, in um, uh, verse, uh, starting in verse 12 or so, well, let's start in verse 9 of Acts chapter 10. It says, on the morrow as they went on their journey and drew nigh into the city, Peter went up to the housetop to pray about <clears throat> the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven open. And so one of the things that, uh, one of the types of visions is a trance, right? So you don't really know if you're in your body, out of the body. Uh, there's different levels of visions that uh, can occur that we see from example in the, in the scriptures. Uh, and so in this case, he, he had a vision. So this is where he saw into the realm of the spirit. So sometimes you move into the realm of the spirit, right? Paul talks about whether he was in the body or out of the body. He didn't know. So he, he was caught up into heaven. So he actually went to heaven, visited, uh, spiritually visited heaven uh, directly. Uh, in this case, Peter saw something in the realm of the spirit. So it's a different level of vision here. Uh, and, uh, and it should be fine that the church has these visions, amen? Not just the apostles. Uh, and so he said uh, that he saw... Uh, heaven opened uh, and a certain vessel descending upon him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the, of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air and there came a voice to him rise Peter kill and eat so these are things the list of animals here four-footed uh, beasts wild beasts creeping things fowls of the air these were things that uh, were outside the law of the old covenant that if you go through the book of leviticus what things you can eat what things you can't eat uh and, and so some things like pork and and uh, animals with divided hoofs and uh, a lot of uh, uh seafood you couldn't eat 
uh, and certain birds you couldn't eat. And so this vision, all those things you're not supposed to eat were in this sheet. And so, you know, that was kind of an affront to Peter's upbringing. Well, I'm I'm not supposed to eat any of that stuff. And the thing is, this is chapter 10, right? So he's born again. He's baptized with the Holy Spirit. He speaks with other tongues. He's uh, uh, raised, uh, I think, and he's raised people from the dead by this time, I think, right? Uh, Yeah, he raised Dorcas from the the dead uh, there in in the previous chapter there. Uh, And so uh, he's done great signs and wonders and miracles. And yet he still won't eat pork, right? Um, And you think about how backwards uh, even the apostles were. This is many years after the Lord Jesus had died. They're still backwards in their faith. They're still uh, very much living as Jews that are born again. They're still not eating certain things and and probably not doing any sacrifices, but a lot of the law, they're still keeping the law. And basically the law is just wiped, it's just washed away, right? It's just Jesus fulfilled it. It's now no longer applicable to uh, the church, including all the dietary laws that we see uh, in the Old Covenant. But even at this point in time, Peter, uh, no, there's no way I'm supposed to eat that. And, and I'm so thankful that the Lord raised up Paul, right? Just in the previous chapter, he raised up Paul because Paul was, Paul was a firebrand. Paul messed up everything. You know, there, there's no stories where Peter was preaching and the Jews rose up to stone him. There's no stories where John was preaching and the Jews rose up to stone them, stone him. There's plenty of stories where Paul rose up to preach and the Jews wanted to kill him because he's like... Uh, it, we're over with the old, with, we're over the Old Testament now, folks. It's time to move on. Uh, and you think about how difficult that would be for um, people that were raised that way. And and I see the same the same exact uh, analogy today in the church. That if you're raised in church with a lot of uh, uh, traditions and a lot of, of uh, uh, things that you got to do, you know, for example, the Roman Catholics, uh, they have to go through. Uh, I think it was called catechism school, where you learn all the tenets of the Roman faith, not Roman Catholic faith, not of the scriptures, but of, of you know, uh, how, they, how they baptize and when they baptize and how you pray for the dead, even though you're not really supposed to, how you pray to Mary, which you're not really supposed to, and you know, all the different saints of, of travel and saints of health and saints of this. You know, very little of it is scriptural stuff. It's just all the rules and regulations of the church, you know, how, how you supposed to take, receive communion and their way of taking communion. Uh, and so you take that person, you say, well, none of that's really important. You just come and just listen to the word of God. You mean you don't have to uh, do this? Or, no, you don't have to. No, you don't have to just show up, right? Well, well, we can't just do it. We can't just show up. We, I mean, we've got all this stuff we've learned all these years. We can't just give it up. Uh, and other, other people, I know uh, one, uh, uh, some folks told me that they, I, I could never imagine coming to your church. Why not? You know, I mean, a pretty good church, right? But you don't receive communion every single Sunday. That's it. Yeah. So the word doesn't matter. No. The laying on hands doesn't matter. No. The, the, the great singing and anointed singing doesn't No. It, it's, it's dry bread. That's, that's, that's the most important thing. Dry. And I'm like, really? I mean, you can receive it if you want to on your own, but we, we, you know, we receive communion by tradition. Once a month, right? It's only because Jesus said, as often as you do it. Well, how often is often? It's however often you do it, right? Is, is once a month how often you do it? That's how often we do it, right? Could you do it more? Sure, you could do it more. Uh, and so, 
But they, uh, I had uh, one, one lady come and ask me, why do you never sing the benediction at the end of your service? And, I, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I've heard that word. You know, and, and I know it's like the Apostles' Creed or something, you know, uh, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you know, something like that, you know, and words, 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 other words, you know. And I'm like, well, you know, I mean, it's not like it's personal against you. It's just we don't do it. Well, why don't you do it? Because we don't do it. I mean, it, it's no real reason why we don't do it. It's just it's not commanded anywhere in the Scripture, right? It's not even as often as you send, sing the benediction. Uh, remind, or, or, you know, do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Uh, it's just a tradition, right? Now, is it a good tradition? It's a fine tradition, right? It's got, it, it, but is it necessary? Well, if it's not in the Scripture, it's not necessary. It's fine to do, but if, if I don't see in the Scripture, I just, I, there's just nothing in me. I go, man, more than anything, I want to sing this, these words at the end of the service. Now, look, I mean, I'm not trying to belittle people to do that, uh, but again, that, that's fine. But see, if I say it's not necessary, a lot of people are, oh, you're... You're trying to do away with my religion. You're trying to do away, you know, I'm not trying to do away with anything. I'm just saying that what's important, what's really important, what's important is faith. What's important is the word of God. Amen. These things are fine to do, right? I mean, we receive communion. Uh, we do it, we typically do it the first Sunday of the month. We could do it the last Sunday of the month, right? We could do it on the middle Sunday of the month. It doesn't matter, but we, that's when we choose to do it because we like to do it. Uh, he said to do it. Amen. So you should do it. Uh, and so, it's the same thing with Peter. Jesus was trying to basically knock the legs out from under him of all the tradition he's been steeped up in all of his Christian life, you know, even as a Christian, in his Christian life, which has only been a few years. And, and to him, it was, it was just, it was unthinkable. Because he said, take, uh, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. Not so, Lord. Those are strong words. Not so, Lord. Uh, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And a voice spake unto him again the second time. What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done three times. Now see, if the, I have observed, just as observation, anytime the Lord repeats himself, I think long and hard about what I would say the second time, right? No doubt every time Peter said, not so, Lord. It's like, and the Lord's like, he didn't get it the first time. Say it again. He, you know, uh, he said it again. Not so, Lord. It's like, you know, I was going to say, am I repeating myself? But he is repeating himself. But he's, he's not getting it, right? Rise, Peter, kill, and eat. No, Lord, I, you know, I can't do that. Now, see, you know, the better thing would be to ask questions, right? Instead of rising up and, Lord, there's no way I can do that, right? I'd be like, well, this seems really odd to me. You know, why, why is this odd to me? Why, you're telling me to do this, but my reaction is, is I shouldn't do that, but you're telling me to do it, so... Explain to me why in my heart that's a, that I have a, have a negative reaction to your request. And the Lord would say, because you're full of tradition and, and dead works, is what the Lord would say, right? And, and so uh, we don't want to hear that because our, you know, our traditions are awesome and wonderful and more important than the Word of God oftentimes. Uh, and so, not really, but we think that, right? I mean, I'm not trying to make doctrine there. Uh, and so, what's that? What are the ground shakes? What, uh, what the ground shakes? I don't know. They're, they're, it was a vision, you know, so uh, I don't know. But, uh, but the Lord did this three times. He's trying to move Peter to where he needed to be. And see, that's why Paul, Paul's writings are so, uh, you know, we, we look at him and go, oh, yeah, that's obvious, right? It was not obvious to, to the first century. Remember, Peter even mentioned Paul's writings. He said they're hard to, uh, hard to understand. Well, for, for, the, for the 
the non-Jewish-based Christian, the average Gentile Christian, we look at the Paul's writings go, well, yeah, that's obvious, right? I mean, it's, it's clearly, it's, we don't murder things now to shed blood. We just, you know, uh, there was, uh, if you remember in the, the Council of Acts chapter 15, when there was all controversy what Paul and, and Silas or Paul and Barnabas was teaching at that time, they wrote a letter said, to the, to the uh, church at Antioch said, well, you know, just make sure you don't eat things offered to idols. And then later on, Paul said, it's, it's, not even, it's not even really real. If it's offered to idol, eat it. Now, if it's going to bother you, don't eat it, right? But there, it shouldn't bother you. It's just, it's, it's a dead chicken. It's not a dead chicken full of devils. It's just a dead chicken. Because Paul's like, there's no power in, in devils. Now, and I love Paul's just matter of factness about it. It's like, it's, at best, it's, it's a devil. At worst, it's just a lump of clay. It's not even real. Uh, and you're making like it's such a big deal. And I know Christians today make the biggest deal out of, you know, oh, you ate that food. You know, it was cooked by heathens. Yeah, and it was tasty, right? Because I'm a child of God and no harm will come to me. Amen. Uh, and so, you, you know, they, they, they just went back there and they offered that chicken that you just ate to Satan just before they uh, fed it to you on a plate. Yeah, and it was good, right? And see, because a child of God says, you know, I, there are no idols, right? There's no other gods other than God, right? The God, the Jehovah God in heaven is the only true God, amen? And so it wouldn't bother me a bit to, to eat anything I knew, because Paul said that, right? And yet even, the, even the, the apostles, all the other apostles in Acts chapter 15 said, don't do that. But later on in the book of Galatians, uh, in, other, in multiple places in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul said, eat it if you want to. You know, if it doesn't bother your conscience, eat it. Now, some people, like Peter, it would have bothered his conscience because right here is bothering his conscience when the Lord's telling him to do that. And it was so hard for, for the Lord to, to get the tradition out of these people. And he had to raise up Paul. He raised up Paul nine chapters uh, into the book of Acts. It took him that long to, to get somebody that was willing to just throw off the shackles of tradition and just walk by faith. Uh, and he found that in Paul, right? And so we're thinking, now Paul was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, right? He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was steeped in a religion. He walked away from all of it. And that's a person of faith who can walk away from everything that they've de- done that's just tradition of, and, and the ideas of men, easiest thing in the world to walk away. That's a person of faith. Somebody who, who has a hard time, well, let's bring in the old and the new, right? We'll bring in, you know, we'll have some of the old and we'll have some of the new, right? Uh, and so, you know, some churches, they have like, they have, uh, they have two song services, right? They have the, the hymn service, uh, and they have the contemporary service. And why did they do that? Because some people want to sing the hymns, and some people want to sing the, the new uh, contemporary songs. And I'm like, well, there are plenty of great hymns, right? That you don't, you know, but it seems like, well, but the hymn has to be accompanied by funeral music, right? And so if you, get the, if you can get the hymns with the funeral organ, that's perfect, right? Because we all like to think that we're dead, and so we want to have a dead service, and so, you know, uh, and then we, can have, then we can have the electric guitar over here, and that's fine, right? But, you know, some of those hymns have amazing words, and if you just put, put a chord to it that was invented in the last century, it's pretty good, right? I mean, we sing some great versions of Amazing Grace, right? Amazing Grace has been around forever, but some of the versions that we sing are amazingly anointed, Amen. But you can sing Amazing Grace to where you're one foot in the grave, right? It's like, man, this is the worst version of Amazing Grace ever, right? Uh, and so you get that organ, you know? Look, if you love that, fine. I don't, yeah, I don't care. Do whatever you want to, amen? But I'm always moving on, amen? And, and some people are of the opinion that, that there's not been an anointed song made in 40 years. 
And so we're only going to sing 40-year-old songs. I'm like, why don't you sing 400-year-old songs? You know, go back to only John Wesley or, or Charles Wesley. And well, it's like, there are anointed songs every day. Amen? There are also unanointed songs every day, right? Carnal Christian songs, you know. Look, when I was in college, I think every song I, I loved in college was carnal Christian song, right? I mean, it, long hair, headbanging music, you know. Some of them were pretty good, uh, but a lot of them was like, wow, you know, uh, I'm embarrassed to even have listened to that, you know. Just, it was a lot of carnality and flesh. Uh, and so, so uh, well, we're running, we, we, didn't get to, we didn't get to Acts 10.38, right? We're still here stuck in the sheets right here, right? And so the three times there, uh, but, but see, the Lord's, and we're going to, we'll, and here we'll pick this back up again next week. But, but this was such a huge thing for, for Peter, and I thought it would be helpful to go back and look at the context of, of when we get to Acts 10.38, it's such an amazing verse, right? Such a fundamental verse uh, that helps us understand about sickness and disease. But we, we can see how much work the Lord had to do to get that doctrine into the church, that he had to have a, uh, put Peter in a trance and show him a vision and, and kick over a bunch of golden calves and Peter's mentality uh, and ideas about tradition and, and history and, and the law uh, in order to get faith into the church. And, and, and it was so hard for God to get faith into the church because he had to get through, wade through years and centuries of tradition to get it into the church. And he finally found Paul, who's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I believe that. Yeah, I'll eat, it. I'll eat every dead chicken there ever was, right? No problem, Lord. And, and Peter's like, uh, you know, and so uh, where are we at in the church, right? People have so many ideas about things. Oh, that, that's the devil right there, you know. Everything's the devil. And it's like, there ain't no devil, you know. I'm going to eat it. Fried chicken, I'll eat it all, right? Uh, and so it, it's, uh, uh, we should be people of faith, amen? Uh, and we're not tempting God, right? Oh, you're tempting God by eating that food offered to idols. But one of these days, I'm going to teach, the, uh, teach just on eating, right? From the Word of God, right? Not a dietary plan, not, you know, here's how to lose weight. It's uh, what you should have faith for in how you eat, right? Because, uh, you know, the New Testament actually has a lot to say about it. And yet, there, there's so much misunderstanding in the body of Christ, you know? I hear it all the time. Just the other day, I heard somebody, well, you know, they, they lived a long life because they ate right. I heard that just the other day. And immediately when they said that, it rose up in my heart. I eat right every day. I eat by faith. That's how you eat right. You don't want to, you want to know how to eat right? You eat by faith. I believe God that this, this food is, is blessed and sanctified according to the word of God in my prayer. That's how I eat right. Well, you, you, you know, you don't watch your calories. I watch them as they go down, right? Oh, there goes another calorie. You know, that was tasty, right? And so uh, that's, that's, a short, that's a short version of what we'll eventually teach sometime, right? When the Lord lets me do it. You know, he's not told me I can do that yet. Uh, and so... Uh, but I hear so much of that stuff. And, and really, every time you do that, you're planting a, 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 an anchor in your faith right there. That you can't get past that in your faith. That unless you eat, you know, certain lean cuts of meat, you know, it's going to be at least 80% lean or 90% lean or you're dead. That, then your faith is in the butcher. Amen. My faith's not in the butcher at the, at the store. My faith is in, is in the word of God. Amen. Uh, now, it, listen, if you walk by faith, uh, he will tell you, don't eat that or don't eat too much of that. He will tell you that, amen? That's faith, uh, amen? I, I'm not, I don't try to eat every, every fatty thing that there is in the world to prove that God is my healer. I eat what the Lord instructs me to eat, right? And, and I believe God that, that he will show me if I'm eating something that is not good for me, right? Uh, that he, that not good for my body. It might be fine for your body, but it might not be good for my body. Uh, that's faith, amen? Uh, and, but if he says it's fine, I'm eating it, amen? 
uh, and not going to think anything about it. And so, uh, because of what Paul said, not, Peter had a hard time with that, amen? So we'll pick Peter up, we'll get him out of the sheets there and, and uh, uh, get him over to Cornelius' house. But uh, uh, yeah, he, he's all tangled up, but as he fell out of the sheets, he's all tangled up, he can't get out of it, right? Uh, and so, uh, anyway, the Lord is good. And so, uh, let's pray and thank the Lord for, his, for the word today. So Father, we do thank you for the word. And Father, we thank you that uh, your word overrides all the traditions of men. Faith, Father, always overrides all the traditions of men. Uh, Father, if the traditions of men are not in conflict with your word, then they're perfectly fine. But oftentimes they hold us back in faith. Uh, They are an anchor to our faith, Father, and hold us back from experiencing the fullness of the power of God. And so, Father, we thank you that uh, we can walk by faith. You've chosen uh, people, Father, out of the earth to walk by faith. And we are that chosen people. And so, Lord, we thank you for these things. We give you the praise and the honor for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, praise God. Well, you know, you want to know how to live long in the earth? Eat right, get plenty of sleep, and exercise. Is that, is that what the Word of God says? It doesn't say any of those things. It never says, if you want to live long, uh, eat right. Never one time says, if you want to live long, uh, uh, get plenty of rest. Not a single time. Not one time. Amen? Uh, it says, believe. That's what it says. With long life, I'll satisfy you. Is that what it says? Not one time, right? Well, you've got to get at least eight hours of sleep, right? whatever. I don't have time to sleep. I got stuff to do. Amen. Uh, and so praise God. Well, uh, I guess let's receive an offering. Anybody want to do that? Uh, sounds like a good time to receive an offering. So, uh, you know, that, that, that uh, if I ever get around to teaching that message there, uh, it's going to be, I think we'll call it the golden calf message, right? Because food and, and exercise, that's golden calves. I mean, this is right up there. We worship that food. We worship the, you know, we worship our exercise, you know, and uh, I mean, we got, you know, you got to walk 10,000 steps a day, right? Or you're dead. Come ahead, Mr. Jared. Uh, and I always thought that was odd. Like, why 10,000, right? What if you get 998? Nope, dead to you. You're dead. Never going to make it. Now, well, who, who made up that law, right? That just seemed like a random law, right? Eight ounces of, uh, eight, 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 was it eight, eight ounces of water every day, right? Uh, something like that. I got a lot of water, right? It seems like really wet, right? It seems like you'd really be... Uh, and so, uh, is there any scripture that says that? No, but you know, if you're thirsty, you know what you should do? You should drink some water, right? I mean, and so, uh, anyway, praise God. Well, uh, be blessed. Uh, you do whatever you want to do. None of my business, right? But I'm going to walk by the, by the word. And so, uh, we'll see you all next Sunday.